0: Hi, this is AGX FX from the future. Just wanted to say that at the very end, uh, Rush logposts me a bit, Not not that badly. Um, but I was slightly awkward because I didn't know if my realms would be okay with it. I asked them and they were completely fine with it. So I'll just leave it in, including the mark that Rush made like, Oh, we should cut this out. So I just didn't have fun.
1: Welcome to Rush Hour, with Rush and AGFX. Hello everyone, it is Sunday the 3rd of December and we are closing in on the final days of round 37. I'm Rush and I'm joined as always by the man with the voice, AGFX. How is it going? Have you gotten all your Christmas shopping done?
0: Hello, hello. Um, Yeah, Christmas shopping is happening but it's mostly uh, because uh, of course family dinners. So mm-hmm. busy with all those.
1: So what is what is give give us the rundown on the typical Christmas day for, in the AGFX household? <laughs>
0: Do you uh, have any
1: quirky traditions? Is there any sort of weird food that you eat?
0: No, actually, no. It's it's actually very very standard. Although, as far as uh, quirk is concerned, um, my parents were divorced when I was ten. I think. Yeah, I think we we mentioned it a lot late in the earlier podcast. I think. Or maybe at some point we we discussed that, but it I means don't that... think
1: we talked about that in an earlier podcast. Yeah, maybe <laughs> that podcast. very much, very much. Maybe on the, maybe on the therapy podcast that we
0: do on the side. <laughs> oh no, 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 that's that's it's not that. No, because it's, it's you know it, it was when I was ten, and like I me, mean, of course there were problems at that point in time. But you know, it, it it was all fine and to the extent like when I was a student, I had like four parents with me, so. Right. Um, so that, that, but it does mean that I always have double dinners. So, as far as traditions is concerned, you know, I always have um, uh, Christmas dinner with one pair of uh, mom and dad and another mom and dad. So, I'm always doubled up with these things, which is fun. It's uh, extra food.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can't really complain about that. It's the best of both worlds, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. That's really nice. And of course, like, you know, all the fam- families connected on both ends. So, yeah, it's uh, for us, it's always a bit of a puzzle. So, you know, for the, the 25th we do here and the 26th we're there and the 24th or 23rd if we need to extend it. So, and other than that, it's all pretty standard. It's, you know, food, fun, lots of alcohol. That's basically it. Yeah,
1: yeah. And well, Good stuff. Yeah. Well, in my, my family household, we've got a tradition of, uh, we fill out a, a Christmas stocking uh, full of presents for, like, direct family members. So, oh. over the years, it's, it's over the last few years, it's just been me and my mum. But uh, the size, because it's just me and my mum, the size of the stocking has gradually increased to the point where it's it's now kind of ridiculous. It used to be a stocking, and now it's basically a pillowcase. <laughs> <laughs> so filling that damn thing takes yeah. uh, quite a lot of time and expense. <laughs> Things are not cheap anymore, man.
0: Yeah, now that's in, in the Netherlands. That's um, uh, the the equivalent of Santa Claus, which is Sinterklaas in the Netherlands. And Sinterklaas, always...
1: yeah. yeah Sinterklaas. You've got a, you've got a special, you've got quite a special day for that,
0: don't you? Fifth of December, yeah. That's the that's the fifth of December. So it's a very specific day, and um, and yeah, we consider Santa to be the original, and Santa Claus to be the copy. So yeah,
1: is Santa Claus. Is he not evil?
0: No, that's there is another one. There's not. there is there is an evil like I think in I think there's a a German one, a uh, Campus, I think uh, it's called.
1: Okay. That uh, Krampus, yeah. yeah,
0: that'll be it. That's, I think, that's the, the evil. one. I know no, here, the the it's basically Santa Sinter, Claus, you know, rides on the horse, um, gives the, the children gifts, etc. And uh, and I've been mm. I've been the the company Santa Claus for seven years now. So again, <laughs> you
1: got your Santa
0: outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, there is a Santa Claus outfit especially oh, oh, for oh. me. Yeah, sorry. yeah. But that's when we do our gifts. So um, the, so the the gift giving for us is a bit earlier. It's not really connected to Christmas specifically. All right. Yeah.
1: Any other strange happenings in the life of AGFX or shall we get get
0: into it? Well, one, um, my, my, I had, a uh, already my realm is now because I, at some point I couldn't uh, help them out because my laptop was stolen. I was, uh, I have a, a, a Friday, Friday afternoon drinks. And then we okay. were with a whole big group and sort of, you know, the way you do, you put your bags and your, your, your coats, uh, you know, the sort of at one location under a table, one of those bar tables and at the end, I wanted to leave. My bag was just gone and I was like, what the fuck? So I was looking, 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 couldn't find it. So I was like, what the hell? So I went home. Um, And then um, I went to, so I was, of course, I was really sad about that. And then I thought, well, let's just call that that bar. Maybe, maybe they found something. Who knows? You you never know. And it turns out that they had found it in the bar in a completely different location. Um, And every, everything was still there my laptop, my wallet, my passport, my glasses, everything, everything was still there. The only thing, I don't know if you, uh, rituals, I don't know if is that the thing for you as well, that this, those, those boxes with uh, soaps and stuff, those gift boxes. Right. I had one of those in my bag because it was for my wife and that was stolen. <laughs> so I have a very poor and dumb thief who smells very yeah.
1: good. Well, and I mean, it's it's a little bit of a Christmas miracle that they didn't take all the valuable stuff. It
0: was weird. It was so weird. So I got I got everything, literally everything back. Everything was there. But except right. for that. So it was like probably a dumb thief who was then too nervous to take everything. I don't know what. But yeah. Yeah, was... or they
1: just really wanted some soap. <laughs>
0: yeah, I guess so. But yeah, that was... Mm. I, yeah, I was really happy about that because I, I don't want to think what would have happened if I had to you know, replace the laptop and the passport and all my credit cards and stuff, man, that would have been a... Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the, I guess uh, lucky end of the year.
1: Well, I'm glad that we're doing for you.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: All right. Well, um, this week, our guest is uh, another fellow blocker. He's one of the OG Lords of Chaos, and actually, he's my first ever pack mate in Open Dominion way back in uh, uh, 20, I think it was, and he's, he's currently the top Black opera in the entire game, according to the Rush Rankings. It's Sakura. Welcome to the podcast.
2: What's going on, everybody? Hey, How are you doing?
1: Hey. Oh, doing well,
2: doing well. Listening to y'all's Christmas stories, and I... Absolutely, like I, I feel what you're talking about, AGFX. I come from a divorced home as well. So does my wife. So we traditionally spend four Christmases on Christmas Day, like that fucking comedy movie. But it's not a joke, and it's really fucking hard every year. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I'm, I'm also in the, but, the yeah. divorced Christmas household uh, club. So <laughs> I feel like we can start our own therapy group at this point. <laughs> absolutely and like my mom like if I had
2: to give her a profession it is Christmas elf she cares about nothing in the world like she cares about Christmas she's like one of those classic like if in her house you say you don't believe in Santa you don't get nothing her <laughs> way or the
1: highway there right <laughs> so I wonder, yeah, I wonder, I wonder, interesting Christmas is all a lot I wonder if there's uh a, a correlation between uh, broken homes and a punch hunt for black-offing.
2: Right? <laughs> it's You know, we never got that love during the holidays we needed.
1: Yeah, that might be it. That might explain the whole black-offer ethos.
2: Oh, we're, we're going to have to take a poll among some of us in the Black Ops channel here.
1: So Sakura, tell us how is your run going? Um, I didn't actually ask you if you wanted to walk post yourself before before uh, this pod starts. Oh, so I, give I don't. You the care. Opportunity
2: if you want to, it's the last days, everybody. I am part of a Rush's pot or a pack this time, and like it's myself and Kronal normally team up, and we pulled our boy Damdred back in with Rush, and um, in general. It's been a good round. I had one downfall to the round. I was doing really, really good. Um, For most of you who were watching, I was that top exploring halfling for a while who ended up getting hit by, you know, the big, big halfling. And I saw it coming from a mile away, about 16 hours out. I knew it was coming. I, I stayed up late. I was hoping maybe I could release some troops to get there. He didn't hit at his normal time. He'd been hitting between the 58th and 59th minute every time. So I like had set alarms to wake up, and then he hit fucking 30 minutes in. I <laughs> thought I was going to be able to cause the bounce, and I completely lost it. I might have been the person who gave him the biggest lead runaway.
1: I don't think we can lay that solely at your feet, unfortunately. Your, the hit on you came after he'd already uh, been... Oh, he, he was already play. running. He pushed full-time Yeah, but it was it was after he'd hit uh who's with Randy this round. I can't remember what the name of his dominion is. Um Popsicles or Popsicles. Yes,
2: it, Popsicles, Popsicles was already gone and like it was I I was trying. I, my goal this round was to get really big and not get hit and I, about 16 hours out, everybody was tagging me and they were like, oh my God, you didn't explore and you weren't supposed to. I did that classic wake up tired. eye, use all my money on an explore and not check discord first. And God, did I fuck myself?
1: <laughs> yep, it's, it's never a good idea. I've, I've learned to just uh, be patient with that. I always check the, the the latest info before I do a morning explore. Yep. And no, I woke up tired.
2: I explored, went back to bed, and two hours later woke up to realize I fucked up.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's cost you quite a bit in uh, in where your position was because uh, you were in the top ten for for most of the round, and now you're right, probably, number six. Yeah, and now it, if let's have a look at the rankings, not in the top thirty anymore. So Oof, rough. Yeah,
2: in. And- I, I will say I also tanked my position after that hit. I decided that the Blobs Wars were more fun, and I might have gone a little crazy on ratios and stopped exploring for a couple days. Um, for a moment there, I was holding on to uh, the top Spy Mastery, and uh, that one was taken away from us. There's a pretty hefty lead on that, but in general, we I've been enjoying the wars. We've been consistently able to put up numbers this round, and that's the kind of fucking Dominion I like.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a wild ride. Um, you're you're one of the the few Black Oppers, uh, in, in my view that um, likes to pick up multiple titles and is able to. You can do the sort of plate spinning thing that Chrono does. You can maintain them throughout the round. I find I always find that really difficult. Uh, this round I'm not doing too badly with it, but like typically you you guys have like five or six titles, don't you?
2: It gets a little tricky, especially if you want to stay big. That's become such a part of it with the new, I mean, I I still say the new Infamy system, and shit, this thing's been around for almost three years now. But with Infamy and Mastery, the bigger you are, the harder it gets to maintain some of these things, and to keep those titles gets really hard. But honestly, like, a little black opera secret everybody throwing out there, the title war doesn't start until the last seven days, and it's really easy. A lot of us black officers start looking at those titles in the last seven days seeing what you can do if i throw this many you know floods every day every hour how quickly can i catch up and a lot of people don't kind of think like that and also late in game you know fireball kills are higher lightning damage is higher everything's fucking. Higher. in fact the only thing i find harder to do late in game is wizard kills and spy disbands because it's early in game you can catch people unaware before they convert them
0: yeah. Oh, that's some good tips there. Yeah, that's actually a very good tip. I I was I was already counting on not ha- not doing very high scores this uh, this round. I well, was. it's um, it's interesting. Yeah.
1: It, sorry.
0: Andrew, thanks. Yeah, I just, just well. I was just mentioning I was just being a good boy, a good uh, uh, being a good ops bits. Uh, no, no, yeah. no,
1: that's 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 terrible news. We can't <laughs> have you just being a good boy. Come on. You need to convince your <laughs> realm to go to war. Listen. If you're being a good
2: optimist, you're doing what the attackers want us to do. Yeah. They're (laughs) (laughs) winning.
1: It's interesting, Sakura. you said that the the title war doesn't begin until the last week, because I've noticed just in the past week, because I I held on to one duration block uh, that was quite easy to pick up early on, and I've noticed another guy has started gunning for it just in the last couple of days. Mm Mm-hmm. And
2: I... I try to be a little ahead of the game. If I really think I'm going to pick them up, I maybe at about the 10-day mark want to start making my moves because it's harder for the other people to notice and then keep up. Because with duration blocks, it comes down to, if they put a duration out every chance they can, if they put themselves down to minimum mana and every spell they cast is another duration other than their buffs, you're never going to catch them. Unless you're choosing targets wrong, there's always this weirdness now with, unfortunately, I'm just going to go on a tirade for a moment. Please, anybody who is in control. I tried for a very long time. The only change I want to the tech tree this Christmas, the only change. Will you please move the stupid thing that reduces the effectiveness of duration blobs to the attacker tree? The attackers want it. The explorers do not. But you force us to take it every single round.
1: Yeah. You are of course talking about anti magic sigils, which is in the
0: explorer tree.
2: Give anti-magic sigils to the attacker tree. Give me anything, anything else.
0: Oh, I, I know which what one, about, I know which one. Uh, what about, I what about want dark artistry. I want dark artistry way earlier.
2: Uh, you know what, I've argued for a long time, I actually want the spy stuff in the converter tree instead of the attacker tree. I've never gone the spy and wizard route because it's in the attacker tree and it makes no sense. There, I I get, we don't want to make a lot of changes to our tech tree. I've complained. I complained a lot when I was on the GPC, but ultimately Mm -hmm. I really just want the spy stuff in the converter tree, dark artistry. I don't mind where it is. It's right in this place where it needs to be on one of those corners There's no reason anti-magic sigils should exist in the Explorer tree. Let the Explorers get more hurt by this stuff. The attackers are the ones who complain about us doing the duration bluffs to them. So give them anti-magic sigils.
0: Yep. Yeah, you have to go, you have to, indeed, if you let's go through the standard Explorer path uh, up until Explorer's Guile, you have to take anti-magic sigils, yeah, which is useless because, yeah.
2: Every time. Yeah. I, I grit my teeth. In fact, this time I didn't go through for Dark Artistry because I didn't want the goddamn Royal Guard improvement. D- reduction. Can that be on the other side of that triangle there? It's
1: so useless to explorers. I know. There's yeah. also um, just before that, there's night watch as well, which reduces your losses in assassination from Draftee's wizards and also your losses with uh, Dispanned Spies, which again, for... Explorers for black hoppers. That tech is largely useless because it's it's something that you're usually protected against anyway. Expand In- spies most people you think you're the only one casting that spell, this friend, anyway, Sakura. It's, it's yeah, it's not a spell that people need protection against In- and also they, they are protected against it.
2: It should be earlier just what we were talking about, uh Both Disband Spies and Assassinate Wizards are more successful early in the game. If that one was like three into the attacker or converter tree, it would make a huge difference in the first war when we go to town on their wizards. But instead, it's stuck in this place where it literally has zero effect. Explorers have to pick it up, but all the explorers have already turned all their wizards and spies into assassins or archmages, and so it does nothing for us.
0: What about
1: yeah. you, AJFX, is there any, have you got a wish list for the
0: tech trees or anything you'd like to change about it? Um, What would I... um hmm, 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 hmm. As far as the tech tree is concerned, I know, basically, oh yeah, for me it would be actually the Dark artistry that we mentioned. I really like, um, as a blopper, uh, Strength Recovery is 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 actually once because people don't notice that you they go normally yeah you need mana mana but you know if you really if you have your your towers up to spec then it's all about uh, spy strength recovery and wizard strength recovery and having those ticks so far down the tree is is super annoying um, so the yeah. only i have met one person i believe it
2: was virtue who sent me a tech tree where they attempted to get dark artistry the spy and the wizard strength retex and they did it in the round that they got both the most biops and whiz ops, which they've done a few times if i remember but short of wanting to be an actual ops pitch the entire round it makes no sense to go for all of those but that's what every black ops player wants and i'm not saying we should design the tech tree to benefit black ops players but I truly feel there are some things that are mutual benefits here. Again, like giving dark sigils early, it should be one of the second or third things attackers get. Yeah, it should be sense. on the attack tree.
0: It yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I agree. Totally I wouldn't
1: even, even give it a node to itself. I'd just tack it on to one of the ones that they already take. Just give them that yeah. as a, a freebie. You know, it's it's yeah. not a desirable tech
2: for anyone. It's not a desirable tech, and it's especially not desirable for explorers. But Every explorer, if you want to be successful right now, has to tech. And every explorer to be successful and get all the exploring techs has to take anti-magic sigils. It is the most asinine part of the game, in my opinion.
1: <laughs> Sakura, were you, did you play the original classic Dominion?
2: I did. I actually, I gotta be honest, I am still a little bitter to this day that I haven't gotten my veteran tag somebody asked me to find my old uh, <laughs> Dominion tag for them and I couldn't and so I've never gotten it but I played oh, on and off for years I can go as far back as telling you back in the days when we had to attack wonders and then invest in them to build them
1: Yeah, I like.
2: I remember parts of this game that are just fucking classic I did both that and the liege lord uh, um but I was on and off all through college and it was one of those things where I'd like play four rounds and then I'd disappear for a year and I'd play four more rounds and I'd disappear for a round. I, me and Cronel have had a lot of talks about this where I went into some battles with my own Monarch back when you could fuck with your own Dominion people. If I didn't like our Monarch I'd start plaguing them and insect swarming them and just doing everything I could to my own people because I thought our realm was being bitches. <laughs> but I believe now I've been playing since about Round 19, I might have signed up in 18, if I remember right, for like three weeks, and then 19, I got my wife to play for about two, three rounds with me. I had a friend who used to play Classic with me that played about four rounds with me. We actually all partnered with Rush for one round. Um, my friend ended up having a kid, and, you know, kid's the killer of Dominion around here, and my wife got out pretty early early on, around round 20 and 21. There was a lot of, like, I don't know who in round 17 or something had an alt that was their wife's. But it was the ongoing joke, and it really upset my wife that, like, she thought people thought girls didn't play Dominion or something and played about three rounds and then just got out of it because she was sick of the, oh, your wife's account jokes.
1: Well, I had no idea. Huh. Yep, that, That's, that, that is why we haven't seen a
2: Lady Gavora since.
1: Yeah. I also had no idea there was such a high bar for uh, getting your veteran tag in Discord. Like, I'm fairly certain I didn't have to go through any sort of approval process to get my- Oh, fuck!
2: My old friend who played with us, Tearfire, before he had the kit, he literally just was like, I used to play and got his veteran tag. When I (laughs) said I was a veteran, they were like, can you tell us your old veteran name? And I was like, oh, shit, this was the email. I think I used this name. And they were like, that's not found. And I've never gotten my veteran tag.
1: (laughs) Uh oh, you, you like, like The bureaucracy involved in OD, who knew?
2: Right?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but in general, like I've been consistent on OD since it was, you know, COVID. Around eighteen nineteen, I looked up Open Dominion just wanting to show my wife like this thing I used to do when I was in high school and college. And I found that someone recreated it and a couple rounds ago, I really got back into about every round, and I haven't been as good this last two rounds, i got to be honest. But I try to, as the round starts, go into Discords, go into Reddit, and post about it, kind of recruit for it, let people know this is out there in case there's other people like us that used to play and want to join. But mm-hmm. this fucking year has been crazy, i got to be honest, especially as we're going into the holidays. I mean, Rush to seen me. I'm half active right now. I am jumping on as much as I can, but working retails during the holidays is a fucking bitch. Mm. What What kind of retail do you work, Sakura? Uh, so, I actually manage, I'm a general manager for three nerd stores is the best way to describe it. We sell comics, cards, coins, collectibles. I, like, my specialty is magic, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh. In my real life, I get paid to be a nerd all the time. Nice. Living the dream. <laughs> Indeed. It's, you know, as a kid, I said I'd be a Pokemon master, and here I am. <laughs>
1: What is, what is Black Friday like for you guys? You know, this
2: year is the first year in 10 years I had Black Friday off. I've gotten to a point where I was able to make my own damn schedule and I didn't have to do it. But normally Black <laughs> Friday is our deepest cuts of the year. And we have a, the only line bigger at my store than Black Friday is actually New Comic Book Day. In America, there's this on May comic stores celebrate the first Saturday New Comic Book Day and we give out free comics. And that line can go for about half a mile. But Black Friday, I'll start with a line of 20, 30 people just ready to bust down the door to get whatever fucking thing they're looking for. Because I only have... Like, we're a small business, too. So we only have a couple of each thing. So when we put them on sale, people go rabid.
1: Is there So half a mile for a comic seems insane. Is there some sort of collectible value to that?
2: Occasionally. So sometimes New Comic Book Day comics are... Worth it, but honest to god, no, 90% of the time, the comics you're getting for free are worth nothing, and you're just standing there for no reason. And we've literally, like, so we're in a shopping center, you've got an entire like sidewalk. We've had people yell at us on new comic book day because our line extends in front of the coat store, our line extends in front of the secondhand store, our line extends in front of the baby store, and they're like, Well, can you clear the line? And I can't control what people do, yeah have
1: really so you ever had uh, you ever had any crazy stories of, of customers behaving like lunatics
2: okay I got one for y'all so we're a collectible store we buy things secondhand that are collectible and most of the time this is no problem we have to file everything with the police we if I buy a brand new Batman you know seventh appearance or whatever like big name comics I file them all away and this one guy he comes in selling things selling things, selling things. It's like back-to-back. For about 10 days, he's bringing in big items every day. On the 11th day, the U.S. Marshals busted in. The moment I pushed the button that said he had sold the item, I had 12 U.S. Marshals busted in because he had stole it from another state and they were just tracking him and waiting for me to put the button in saying he'd sold it. They reports to law enforcement and all of a sudden my entire store is swarmed with U.S. Marshals telling everyone to get on the ground as they arrest this guy.
1: Wow. (sighs) he had uh for america's most wanted comic book thief. <laughs> yeah, apparently the guy had gone on a rampage
2: over in Kansas and at Missouri and like some of these states and stolen a bunch of shit and kept bringing them to, um, up to my state in Colorado to sell.
1: <laughs> yeah, see that's the the classic mistake of the thief there is to just get too comfortable with his routine.
2: Yep, if he'd sold him somewhere else they'd never caught him, but he just kept coming back.
1: Yeah, damn.
2: But other than that, no, it's it's pretty basic retail, so anybody who's ever played with me in November and December knows I kind of tune out during those months. I'm really good in spring and fall to play with, and set, like the holidays, I, we were already talking about, you know, DeForest Parents and retail. Holidays, I'm a miserable person to play with sometimes, and in the summer, I just get busy with, you know, I got a wife, I got all these people that I'm talking with, and like events and shit, and... God forbid kids get at it. I've seen kids be the Dominion killer around here.
1: <laughs> yeah, it works both ways, I think. Uh, some people, um, they they really lean into the whole kid waking them up in the night and train and stuff. They'll
2: I have, I have seen see. that. People talking about every hour you're up, so you might as well check Dominion anyways.
1: Yep. The only thing better than having a kid for Dominion is a weak bladder, apparently. <laughs>
2: yeah, yep, I'm not at that point either. i am (laughs) but in general just i've been yeah i've been playing dominion for a long time it's one of those things that like i've only attempted to attack a couple of rounds it was either last round of the round before i tried a fast attacking lizard folk and then thought i would deconvert into blocks and i will tell you right now that doesn't work let me save you an entire round bad idea
0: because you're basically, I, I guess your economy so was so screwed up that you couldn't uh, get your uh, ratios up? Pretty sense. much. Yeah.
2: Uh, you could never get high enough to deal with anyone who matters, so you're blopping the mid-tier players and just feel bad about it. Yeah. And I actually, I, I did decent with my fast attack build. I was a top threat for about three days. I saw other people talking about me in the Discord and being like, oh, we're watching the attack, like. I did the thing where I did lizard suicide. I was inspired by Dumb about seven rounds ago, just lizard suiciding the first player who went for a big attack and it was fun. But the moment that I got attacked, I got fed on about six times. I had no economy (laughs) left and it felt like I was starting day one at day seven.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know how that feels. Yeah, Been there myself.
1: I think uh, you're basically describing downright Dave's preferred play style there. (laughs) <laughs> you know, faster, faster pack into blocker. He's a little bit to attack Essentially, you are. <laughs> I ain't pointing any fingers here. <laughs> well, um, speaking of the a little bit of the history of um, Open Dominion, um, I've been speaking to Eric. Um, he, I don't know if anybody remembers this, but a couple, probably a couple of years ago now, maybe even two Christmases ago. He'd, he'd talked about putting together a documentary, like a little video series on YouTube about well, the history of Dominion, um, going back all the way to its inception. The, the, the guy created it, a guy called Ross, um, and he came up with a, a whole sort of five or six episode list of, of things that he could potentially talk about. Um, it, never, it, it unfortunately did not get off the ground. He says uh, he had problems with a scriptwriter, whatever that means. Um, but the idea stuck with me because I quite liked it. So I've been speaking to him recently about perhaps putting it into podcast form, which might make it a little bit easier for everybody to not only put together, but uh, digest as well. Um, we're only very in the sort of early discussion phase of, of maybe, it's a, maybe it's a good idea for the podcast, but I think Eric's is... Uh, He's on the fence about it because it is quite a lot of work. Um, So I just wanted to bring it up on this podcast to see if any listeners uh, thought it would be a good idea. If they'd be interested in that kind of thing, you know, learning about the history, it maybe be something we could do once around. Um, I
2: I think it's fucking brilliant. I remember the first time this talk was brought up, and I'm saying right now, if anybody wants help, I know, Rush, you already... uh, Writing is, like, your purview, but if you need any help... I'm here for it. Um, despite that I work retail these days, my master's degree is in creative writing. Right. Um, but I, I love the idea. I believe the first time it was brought up, my comment in the Discord was, I know some of you all know Rush and don't want to admit, or not Rush, uh, sorry, Rush, know Ross and don't want to like admit it or like t- say who he is. But the key would be if some of the people who knew Ross could help give us just some background. Ain't nobody got to tell us who Ross was or any of these things, but, like, we, there is pieces of history from pe- players I've talked to that are lost unless you knew the inside pieces a little better.
1: Yeah. Wait, do you do you think Ross is part of the community? Is that what you're suggesting? He's still here. I'm not. I it, If
2: I had to have my view on Ross, I don't know if Ross is part of the community anymore. I believe there are some of our players who knew who Ross was and were in communication with them. And I believe that some of them either Ross really values their privacy or I've even heard theories that Ross passed away. I don't know either way. Um, I don't really want to speculate on that, but there are players who have insinuated they knew Ross back in the day and that they had insights to the early years. And if there are any players who have that who don't want to give up a nom- anonymity or any of that type of theme to some of this, we would love to hear from you, would be my thought. But I just, following Discord for years now, there's definitely been some players who have insinuated that they had an idea of who Ross was.
1: Uh, I, I'm certainly not one of those people. Um, if, if I think, in fact, if anything, Ross probably wanted to ban me more than a few times. <laughs>
2: I did get banned from Ross once. I'm just throwing this out there one time. Um, early, early on, like my second time playing Dominion, I didn't realize that there was much anti-cheat things. And, you know, I'm like a 13-year-old little shithead and decided to try to make my own pack. And I got like a day in. And Ross sent me a message and was like, you've been banned for your whole pack. Like every one of the accounts I created. And it was like a message from him, but it was like, if you want to re-sign up next round, you're fine. But don't try this
1: again
0: nice so that... yeah I,
1: I, I don't i don't think i ever i never cheated in classic dominion i just gonna be bothered um but i think i think i was just more of a community troll at the time which kind of annoyed <laughs> the but i was only i was only what 18 or 17 or something like that when i was playing dominion so
2: and i'd never really trolled the community as much as I trolled my realms. Again, coming back to some of the talks I've had with Cronal about, like, I would try to convince people to vote me Monarch, because for a while there, there was a bonus on monarch. I don't remember if it was 5% extra plaid or what, but I wanted it. And if the community, like, I would typically get a handful of votes, and if someone beat me, I would just be a dick to them all
1: around. No, that's that's what I'm talking about as a community troll. You and I were doing the same thing pretty much. I, would, I had this... Um, yep. I used to call it the world tour, Was what I would do, and every round I would use the defect button, well, AGFX, for, you won't be familiar with this uh, mechanism, but you used to be able to defect from your realm and it would sacrifice a huge <laughs> portion of your land. Yeah, you'd lose. I think you lost about a third of your land by doing it, and it would place you in a random realm, um, and you could do it once every three days. There were some people that took the the, the defect challenge to try and get to one acre by the end of the round. It was possible to do that. Uh, But I went a different route, and I used to defect every three days. and My my sole purpose was to, in whatever realm I landed in, uh, cause a civil war and get the monarchy for those three days. That's the only thing I cared about. Oh my god, okay. I would do the same thing uh,
2: after I would... I would like sit there and I would fuck with my monarch. And if I decided it was a lost cause, I would defect and try it in another realm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I used to, I used to have a little, cause back then I, I didn't write round fails, but I had my world tour journal, I guess you would call it. Um, so I would write a little account of every realm that I visited, what the people there were like, you know, was, and I would publish it in real time. Uh, and the, the community by and large seemed to enjoy it. Uh, There were obviously a lot of people who, you know, might have been the monarch that I targeted in that realm that weren't happy. But for the most part, it was was meant to be lighthearted fun, but it occasionally got a bit uh, flame war territory, you know? Oh, absolutely. Like, this is
2: my experience of the original Dominion. And I did that in high school. I remember I took about two years off. And then my sophomore year of college, I rejoined oh, what would that have been like, 20, 2008, 2009 I played, and then when I went to re-look it up again, it had disappeared. I tried to look it up maybe three months after the final round
1: ended.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a, quite a different experience, because, especially because you can really mess with your own realm. That is, That must be for a completely different dynamic.
1: Yeah, and the, <laughs> Back the then, there and was a lot of weird things. Oh, go on. I was just going to say, back then, the, the realm numbers were in their hundreds, you know, so it was uh, it was very easy to get sort of lost in the shuffle, and you, you really sort of had a huge playground of players to interact with.
2: And this is where, coming back to the original part, I think a Dominion history thing would be awesome, because a lot of people have some interesting stories about what they recall and, like, the way the coding was then, but... Again, coming to, I remember so many different points from the points I jumped in. I remember a point where you had to invest, like you invested in investments, to build wonders. I remember a point in the game where you could give people things like food. Like, if somebody was getting a fireballed heart, you could donate to them in Realm. And these features were all eventually abused, so they were taken out. But, like, I would love to see an example of the features tracked that people recall in when they kind of happened... Because, again, you used to be able to, not a, actually, I think even at one point you could attack Realm Mates, I just never was an attacker, but I know I blocked the fuck out of Realm Mates because they were pissing me off.
1: So there has been, I've seen in the GP feedback channel, uh, I think it was Nate has suggested twice now that we roll back uh, the changes that we've seen uh, on balance to something akin to the early game of Classic Dominion, and just have a round where everything is unbalanced. Uh, and all the sort of races have these sort of insane qualities that eventually got ironed out, and just see uh, who wins amidst the chaos of the sort of uncontrolled, unbalanced version of the game. I honestly would
2: love that. I would love— in like, okay, if we're talking about unbalanced, and we're talking about Black Ops, I just gotta bring up one other memory. Do you all remember Demoralize? There used to be a spell, where you could demoralize the it might have been an op, but you would demoralize the other army to the point that they couldn't even fucking send their attacks. Truly, for fast attacking purposes, I sometimes think something like demoralize coming back would be the way to stop these fast attackers winning every round. Was that uh was that a halfling spell? Or was it open I believe anybody? it was the halfling specific one. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, halfling. if I remember right, it was halfling specific. And I'm just saying, you get enough halflings, they demoralize another person, all of a sudden the attacker ain't making fucking attacks.
1: Nah, yeah, I suppose we've got a uh, sinking for that now. Uh, I don't think uh, people really like the idea of, of, like, just spells that you can cast that could technically stop someone who doesn't defend against it from attacking. That does seem a bit overpowered. But I guess for bringing back a, a crazy overpowered yeah. realm where... All the old rules apply. That would be quite interesting to see. Although with a small player base, it, it's probably a lot easier to just ruin somebody's round uh, with that sort of dynamic. That Which, is, yeah, uh, thats that has been the big complaint in this round, doesn't it? So who, who knows if people actually want something like that? Yep.
2: That is the hardest thing right now. Is honestly, a lot of these things work better if we can grow the player base. And I think part of the issue here is, I I know I often speak from a Blops perspective, but. When I sat on the GPC, a lot of what I was trying to do is talk not just from the blocks, but the new player perspective, because we got to think of how new players play the game. And I think sometimes we need to make fast attacking easier, but less rewarding. I don't. It kind of feels still like fast attacking is too easy to run away if you play it right. But it also should be something that's easy enough that new players, if they want to attack, can get in but exploring i've had too many new players join the game try to explore and quit the game because exploring isn't easy enough it feels like you never get anywhere unless you know the game and i don't know the answer here but i know there has to be something we can do that makes a play style that will help us attract new players more there are other versions of these kinds of text-based games that were very similar to us that are doing more players And I'm trying to figure out what it is that we are doing because we have a lot of new players joined and we don't have a good retention rate, I think is the biggest issue I'm seeing.
0: I think me being one of those relatively new players, um, for me, um, and I don't even know it's, it's been literally, it wasn't the game that kept me, it was discord. (laughs) So if it would have been just the game, I wouldn't have stayed. And until I actually, got to I think you're right. Uh, so that's one, right? So I just
2: agreeing with you here that I've had more players I brought in who have stayed because they have had good discords, and this comes down to I just calling out every player out there being good to your new players. So many players stay because not only their the discord's good, but their realm discord is good. It makes a difference, yep. and right now the game is not the attraction compared to the player base.
0: Yeah, and, and if you look at the, the game itself, I think uh, what I remember, it's one of those things because when you play longer, the numbers speak to you, right? You, they're sort of the mental image that you have of what's happening. And that's one of the things I've, I've consistently seen is that you see all the numbers, but you still don't have a clue what's going on. So there's sort of the story in your head is very is very limited. So that's I think that's one aspect of it. And that is, you can overcome it, but there's another uh, aspect to it. It's the fact that so many of the actions you are doing are very slow, so the effect, you know, a little percentage here, a little percentage here, a little bit of land here, a little bit of land there, stuff like that. And it takes a long time for it, so it's a very sort of slow build up of a game. One of the reasons, one of the things that attracted me to Blobs when I started doing it is because of its immediacy. You throw a fireball, you steal something, etc., and there's an immediate feedback. Uh, same thing for for attacking, of course. Um, you know, although you know, you have to wait maybe for twelve hours until your army comes back, etc. But there was the immediacy to it, which um, which still makes it attractive. But attacking then and doing it well, I mean, that's I think harder than, for instance, uh, doing something like exploring. So for me, if you boil it down back again, it's it's a player agency, sort of player agency in can I press buttons and have a feeling that something is happening and that I have a feeling of something, I'm, I did a thing. And that's really hard to find.
2: And I think that is something I've talked about for a while now with exploring. That <clears throat> Okay, so I think we are over 10 rounds out. I'd have to look this up, but I don't really care to, since an explorer won. Zedjadar, I believe, is the last explorer who won, and I think we're past 10 rounds out. We might be close to 15 rounds since he won. I understand um, that a lot of people who feel explorers shouldn't win, But in general, I've made the comment a lot in the last 10 rounds or so, that I think for an Explorer to win now, you almost have to be a Black Ops player. Exploring has been so nerfed that in order to do it well enough to get up there, if you aren't riding Infamy, if you aren't riding these extra bonuses, I don't see how you can.
1: Well, uh, the, the public opinion from what I've seen seems to have shifted away from, not only should Explorers not win, except in exceptional circumstances but explorers shouldn't be in the top 20 either so it's uh the tide is really turning
2: off at the end of the day this game wasn't just about attackers and i i actually don't feel like explorers shouldn't have to be bloppers it's this weird place where explorers should have to do something and if you're going to win in this explorer it should be hard and that makes sense that i think a winning explorer should have to, for instance, stay at war, keep attackers at bay, build their infamy up and be able to get enough gold to do that. But the common sense I see when I go into GP feedback is even that is not acceptable.
0: In the end, I guess what's, what it comes down to is, um, should you be rewarded for making tough decisions? And I think the, the feeling is, and I don't know if I would disagree with that, is that the sort of the, the high risk, high reward uh, type or, or strategically difficult ones or decisions that are really in a multiplayer environment could be countered by somebody else making a better decision than you. There's not, a, not a, as much of that as an explorer. Um, whereas, of course, with, with attacking.
2: I don't know about that.
0: Yeah, isn't it?
2: My, my thought right there. I Coming from the perspective I am in our realm, I feel like we still are getting endless shit for our first war, not being with the Haffer, but being with was it six reward first. There were two yeah. major enemies. We decided one was more threatening and everyone else in fucking dominion decided the other person was more threatening. And here we are, they ran away. And yeah. I truly feel like our realm, every comment I read in the discord has been that our realm is to blame for this round being the way it is.
0: Yeah. That's I, 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 don't take any of that seriously because one of the things I know is that in 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 this game it's really hard to really know what's going on. And the fact that everybody in hindsight says, "Oh, that was," the, I mean, it's just bullshit. Of course, you know right. everybody makes Fine. decisions. And even if you if you even if you you guys made the wrong decision, you made it to the best of your ability. So the only thing people can complain about is that you you made a call, and if you did it in bad faith, but that's not what you did. And so, yeah, it's, it's nonsense. I, I I don't take any of those remarks seriously, to be honest.
1: So the, uh, and I will throw out the word that stands out. for Sorry, Sekoris, like I've just said, because you, you mentioned the word hindsight okay. there, AGFX. Yeah. Um, it was really the, the sort of standout thing for me because when we ward 6 instead of 13, people were saying, well, now you've handed the wind to the uh, lycanthrope in 13. You know he's the he's the big threat, and you've just taken your eye off the ball. Everybody was completely wrong <laughs> on both sides as to who the real. player yeah, it was it's still oh, in it was thirteen. Half, it was it was the half in thirty, It was still round thirteen. So them saying you've handed thirteen the win has become the narrative. But it, he was not the threat everybody identified. Everybody said the Lichen Throat was going to win, and look where he is now. He's not. He's he's he's, he's under four four thousand acres, I think.
2: And I just want to throw this out there. Our realm has actually had a lot of consistent in-talk that the halfer played this game fucking well. I got to be honest, as a fast attacker who we went to war with second, we put that halfer through his paces twice. And other realms did too. He played well. I have no other response. Now, granted, I wish he'd get off his ass. A lot of us want to explore while we're waiting for his ass to attack. This last week is brutal, but... (laughs) the half played the game well and i'm never gonna say he didn't i don't care if it's my least favorite player in dominion it was a good play
0: yeah and i think that and this also yeah. comes down to the, what we were discussing in the beginning to really realize what's going on and sort of the storytelling that's connected with it um is really hard like for me even like when when, when p that's also why i'm very dependent on podcasts like especially like when sort of the real talk focus is also to 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 talk through sort of what's currently happening for me that's a lifeline still i mean i still like half of the time it's like oh this happened oh that war happened okay so because <laughs> and i think that's also why um again like i why i'm not very uh, susceptible to to remarks like oh you know some people did it on purpose so you handed something somebody to win because it's really hard to figure out what's going on and coming back to sakura to your uh, remark about uh, re- <coughs> player retention I think that is a crucial thing. So, you know, do you know what to understand? What's going on? I think the first the th- first pod Murph uh, invited me to. I think I made the remark there that I'd like to see some graphs. I'd like to see sort of lines going up and down or flattening or something like that, so I have a clue what's going on, um, or or anything that sort of helps me understand the storyline of the game.
2: Actually, I have ne- I must have missed that podcast, honestly, but. That might be one of the best ideas I've heard in a long time. There was an amazing push for some of the artwork that we've gotten. I know Rush was involved in on that. And getting artwork to the games and the races has really helped, I think. But, my God, if you could click into the thing that says you attacked or you lost intact, something that says you were invaded and lost x things, and a graph popped up that showed that your defense was X amount under... And I get, you might be giving too much information if you don't have clear sight. There'd have to be some discussion on how this would work, but I think it would help retain. A lot of this feels like Mystic Oracle. I've had players play with me for a round or two and be like, I have finally quit because I honestly don't understand what I'm looking for. And I try to explain, you know, you're tracking top hop blah, 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 but that means nothing to players who are not doing well because they don't know who their top-op is, especially players who are new and they're at risk of anyone attacking them, showing how they failed might actually really fucking help.
0: Yeah. And it's also, it's also the reason I built my own tool uh, be to to track all these things. So now when I sort of, I, I press buttons and I see top up showing up and I see all the calculations happening and that speaks to me so much more and actually the database I collect. So basically I'm, I'm sort of actively pulling all the information from my own, uh, interface and storing it in a a little database and one of my next steps will actually to be to make those bloody graphs that's actually what I want to do myself to sort of see for instance how um, there's a trend line uh, for instance for the growth of my land did I do well did I do badly at some point did it start flattening or did it rise and those things are going to be super interesting and also what was the land like what was the, the progression of top up right like how did they grow their their land? Uh, did they make big jumps? Did they fall back da- down again? Sort of. You, I think it would be very interesting to see kind of a graph of sort of these lines catching up to each other of the, the, the say, let's say the top ten, um, because that tells a story how how things went. Uh, that's also the reason I, I I put out that that little graphic with uh, where those circles they they you know they become smaller or larger based on the uh, the attacks, and I think those are interesting visualizations that really help a lot.
2: That makes sense a lot, and in general, I think for retaining our new players, that actually would help. Having visual information to go along with
0: the
2: the data being presented would make a big difference.
0: Yep. Yep. I really think so. Uh, Rush, are you still there by the way? Just uh, checking. (laughs) Yeah, still Okay, here. cool. <laughs> so I've been
1: I've been behind the scenes uh, warmongering. Uh, so if you check the uh, town crowd, you'll see that a war has just been declared. Wait, wait. Did you watch the war with oh, eyes on the
2: podcast? Shit, I gotta go check them again. <laughs> yep.
1: This is the level of coordination we've got in our black belt. Sure. <laughs> Holy
2: shit, people, we are
1: at war. Yeah, we are. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, easy. I'm gonna have to big out of the podcast.
2: Podcast one <sighs> move I the lost from attacks.
1: Sorry, say that again.
2: I just real quick, I wanna throw this up. For as many of you who think that our realm has been extremely coordinated, look at this right here. Live. <laughs> Rush launched the war and didn't even fucking tell me.
1: <laughs> I think my favorite war of the round has been uh, the time I said, right, I'm going to I'm going to bed, guys. Uh, if you want to declare war, just switch the monarchy and do it. And I, I woke up to uh, Swamp Fox having declared on Realm 4 uh, and then immediately switched the monarchy back to me so it looked like I did it. <laughs> uh, My favorite war
2: so far has been warring Realm 6 for the second time. So many people in Discord flipped out being like, that's useless, why'd they do that?
1: Like, you fucking control what we do in our realm no we did it just because we could. some people thought it was an accident but no that was that was intentional (laughs) it was fully intentional it was hilarious it was for the law
0: as they as they should be uh, indeed
1: right so we are coming up to the hour mark on this podcast this late night pod for myself and agfx it's the wee hours of the morning as we're recording this to make sure that we can get sakura on
0: um, is there anything you guys want to talk about that we haven't mentioned already? Uh, for me, I, I would uh, maybe say uh, Sakura's uh, top uh, top tips for blopping because because you know just to be clear um, for those who follow the the lifetime rankings for the rush rankings, Sakura is still at the top. So yeah, what's what is the lifetime top blopper um, have as a top tip?
2: So. I have already shared a couple tips with you guys. I think the last couple days of the round are the most important for blopping. I feel bloppers can make a big difference in the beginning of the round, but again, like we saw, the halfer play this well. He saw what we did to six. He prepped himself, and we weren't able to take him over. But there are some other things that, like I feel like, to this day, every time I end up in a realm with new players—not even new players, like players I haven't landed with before. The big thing is they're like, I don't understand how mastery works or how infamy works. So I'm going to give a quick, like, one minute rundown on this. First, mastery. Mastery is going to be based on both your wizard and your spy attempts. You can get up to 500 mastery before you no longer get anything. So if you're attacking somebody, who has zero mastery and you have 500, you get no more mastery. You have to have 500 or less mastery over their mastery to get it. So if you want to get a 1,000 mastery, you have to be hitting somebody who has 500 mastery and taking their mastery from them. Mastery gives you infamy. So infamy decays over time, but if you have mastery, two, 500 makes it 250 in wizard, 250 in... Uh, essentially, if you have 500 wizard mastery and 500 spy mastery, you can keep 500 infamy at all times. No. 1,000 of each, you keep 500 infamy. Um, yeah. Double... I was about to say, double-check the wiki on it. The math is in there. But yeah, you want mastery to keep your infamy up so it doesn't decay. Infamy is the entire thing we're talking about. There. Everybody's always like, how do I get mastery? You want infamy. Infamy is what is going to get you up to a 10% increase in platinum and 4% in the other things. And in general, you're going for targets who are as good as you. This system, as Rush and I have complained a lot, was designed to keep bloppers blopping each other and it started to kind of pan out but you still you have to go for the high mastery targets so right now as we are talking about our last wars we're looking for people who have mastery because we don't get shit if we don't hit other people who are also doing these i think this system could be revised but for the now when we're working in the system the thing you need to understand is you're looking to get your infamy up and you're looking to hit people who are doing as good as you which creates this weird thing as i'm going up i like i see people like chrono pushing numbers even higher than i am getting less infamy and mastery because they have higher ratings so the lower your success rate is the higher sometimes you get and you have to find that sweet spot on getting not 15 you want 30 to 45 each time i know this might sound like a lot of nonsense if you've never done blops, but like you don't care if you fail one in three times, if you're getting 45 each time, because every win is only 15. If you're succeeding every time, it's really a lot about watching your ratings to each other, watching who you're blopping and making sure that your bluffs aren't uh, necessarily just going against the most effective. Like right now, I got to be honest. Every time we go on a fireball target against everybody, we let Cronel get first dib so he can keep the fireball fucking ranking, but everybody else they go after. For me, I'm looking for mastery targets. I'm looking for people who I can seal mastery from and get my mastery higher. And that is its own weird system that I find most Dominion players do not understand.
0: That is actually extremely insightful, yeah. Because yeah, I've, uh, I've never looked at it that way, but it's, it makes total sense.
1: The, uh, it, it might be short-lived tips, unfortunately. I think we're talking about taking infamy out of the game. get get these I gotta be honest I haven't followed
2: some of what's happening this round I am so disappointed with the GPC this round and the options I've been seeing floated that I'm just kind of willing to suck it up and take my band-aids as they come because I don't know what next round's gonna look like
1: yeah I think this is kind of like our swan song round with Black Ops so we've just been having as much fun as possible with it and uh, not taking it at all seriously. After all the, the drama at the beginning of the round, we've kind of been a very sort of laid back attitude with regards to giving a fuck. So it has been a very it's been a liberating round and I think it's it's a good send off for the, the chaos of blocks. Uh but I also I, I'm I'm keen to see the new system come in because I think I think it has some interesting dynamics that it could bring to the game. It definitely resolves some of the issues that we have with blocks that I do agree with, to be honest. Uh, and that's the sort of uncontrolled chaos that you get with a realm like ours this, this round when you have a, a whole Black Ops pack that lands in a realm that has no real competitive attacker players. Um, you just become this, uh, just a mad of Black Ops that... that declares on everyone you know uh, and has a lot more power and sway than you probably have any right to have in the game uh so it will be interesting seeing how with it, i think worst new proposal is likely to get adopted if not next round then the following round um in some shape or form i know it's going to go through the gpc i know that has been working on some of the coding um and uh, things will be different going forward but yeah. the, the the interesting part of it to me is that it sounds like Black Ops players will have potentially a good part to play in a pack composition. Because right now, people don't go, oh, we definitely need a Black Ops player in our pack. They're more likely to say, oh, we need an Ops bitch, uh, and then pure attackers, and then just hopefully land with some Black Oppers. They're not integral to the pack composition, but this new system might make them might make a consideration that is worth having a discussion worth having before you start your round.
0: yeah and i think i think the the crucial bit of that is is that i think to 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 worst point right that uh you want to make sure that if you're for instance with two black oppers together you can have an effect on the game instead of being forced to be a big pack of five
2: I actually think that's a great idea. I often find like times where Cronal and I pack together and aren't able to do anything that it's an issue, but the more people we have, the more it matters.
1: Yeah, we might see that flipped on its head going forward, which will probably be a good change for the game. Uh, I'm not sure about taking mastery at the game. I feel like Black Opera's definitely rely on that system in order to not be crippled economically. Um, Maybe, maybe if they, at the same time, look at maybe reducing the number of towers that you need to run, it could work as a system. Uh, there would have to be some sort of give or take because um, I'm not sure many people would run blocks, builds all around if, uh, if Infamy is not a thing. I don't know. We'll see.
0: Yeah,
1: That's the part I'm
2: hating the most right now, honestly, because as I was just saying, I kind of feel like you have to have both infamy and black ops to even be in the successful explorer right now so exploring needs to be addressed in that point
1: yeah although the top explorer this round isn't really a black opera it's not like can throw in your realm it's in your realm you yeah uh, realm. yeah what, what, uh, whatever my
0: what, whatever my secret realm is indeed yeah because i don't think uh my explorer wants to which one is it oh, yeah, okay but yeah, uh, the, did, the...
1: I, did I just log post you? <laughs> feel free to cut that out in the edit. Sorry, I, I, I remember we were talking about it at the start of the pod, but it might have been pre-recorded. In general, in I feel like, like in, not that
2: the topics <laughs> Yeah,
1: okay. I don't
2: down. think the topic explorer always has to be like using Black Ops, but to be competitive as an explorer and not be in a top attacker realm it feels necessary
0: yeah so yeah so what's but as far as like uh, being a a blopper indeed you need something to compensate for the economic loss and i think infamy is indeed uh the thing you need to have in at at least in the current in the current way it works
2: i think infamy and mastery currently is fine i didn't realize there was talks about removing it i honestly you're still forcing black offers to attack each other at the end of the day if i want higher mastery right now i only have a couple of people i can go for and if that's the system we want like it's working yeah why would we the, remove it
1: well one of the unintended effects of the system is that it gets black uh, gets our regular attackers doing black ops to farm for infamy or people that aren't you know black op dedicated to farm fruit infamy so it just ends up being uh often a gangbang on players that sometimes wouldn't eat any ops they just get tons of ops done on them because the other the other realm is just farming them um so it's not necessarily a purely a black opper mechanic since even like attackers all have spies you know and they can just exhaust all their spies doing you know random sinkings or snares and Get a bunch of infamy for free, even though they're not black offers.
0: Yeah, but if I see the the math, then you do have to make sure your relative ratio is relatively high, so it'll infamy works better for people with high ratios, which is black opera. So yeah, should make sense, right? All
1: right, uh, Sakura. Any final thoughts?
2: In general, I think that like maybe infamy is a little more for like it's for black hoppers, but you can use it as anyone but again with the way the decay system works if they aren't going to be consistently doing the thing then it's probably not going to be working for them as well they really need to be consistently keeping out it otherwise the decay is probably going to take it away from them
0: yeah exactly
1: all right well uh i think that brings us to the the, the closing comments of the pods um the next podcast we do is going to be the Rush rankings podcast, so hopefully we'll we'll have a, a new top blopper for the rounds. Uh, I suspect it might be one of the boys from my realm, but <laughs> we don't know yet who that's going to be. Uh, Sakura, you might be right back on the podcast next week if it's you, <laughs> um, but I don't think it's going to be me. At, at my, my if I was a betting man, I'd put my money on Chrono for this one, but. Uh, we will do the. We will give out some awards for the unique and interesting things that happen this round. So definitely come back and tune in for that one.
2: Oh, I'm uh, loving it!
1: And, and until then, thanks everyone for listening. Thank you, Sakura, for coming on the pod, and uh, we'll 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 catch you on the next pod. Yep. Thank you all.
0: <sighs> and see you next time. And in the meantime, fuck Forest Haven's. <laughs>
1: Yeah, fuck Forrest Evans.
0: <laughs> As always.
1: Can't end a pod without fucking Forrest Evans.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Rush <laughs> Hour.